Hello and welcome to another episode of Cast It Into the Fire podcast. I'm on again with Bill this time. Hello. And we're back to Game of Thrones. Um, we left off the Jon Snow chapter where he gave Arya the sword before he left for the watch. And now we're on another Daenerys chapter. And in the illustrated edition, there's actually a picture of Daenerys sitting on a fur-covered chair alone with various wedding gifts, because this is the chapter where her wedding. Yeah. And she looks very nervous and very 13. Um, See, to me, she looks, like, very expressionless and very can't tell what that age is. But I didn't really look at it for more than three and a half seconds, so if you give it to me now, I'd tell you what I think. There you go. Okay, yeah, she looks startled in that. Like, alarmed. I'll give you that. Sorry, it's just the person who drew her, she looks like one of the wooden mannequin things, and she... Uh, she, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not bad. It's not a bad drawing. It's a decent drawing. It's just, I couldn't quite figure it out at first. But yeah, she I mean, definitely she's... looks young, I guess you could say. And she's got various oh. um, chests and plates and heavy books and yeah, there's like a quiver of arrows. Of, she has a whole bunch of gifts in front of her. Because it's the wedding night. So, anyway, the chapter starts off. Daenerys Targaryen wed Khal Drogo with fear and barbaric splendor. Now, two things. A, how old is she in this? 13. Exactly. Alright, so there you go. 13 and Khal Drogo is probably what? 30. 30? 30 even. Okay, I think I remember mentioning that. Um, Now, who who drew this? Sorry, that's sort of... That's your exact edition. I have a different older edition with me. Uh, I'll uh, I'll try to find out. The thing is, I think we got more than one artist working on this. Oh, okay, never mind then. Well, anyway, <coughs> fear and barbaric splendor in a field beyond the walls of Pentos, for the Dothraki believed. You all right, Bill? Yeah, I'm just coughing. That all things of importance in a man's life must be done beneath the open sky. Yeah. And so Drogo has his whole Kalasar, his whole um, band of warriors and um, all the families. and um, 40,000, including the warriors, women, children, and slaves. Um, and this is outside the city walls where they're camped and they have palaces of woven grass. Uh, I'm not sure what that would look like. And they're eating everything in sight, and the folk of Pentos are anxious about, you know, having all these warriors camped right outside their city. Yeah, they don't want anything to have, uh, any incident to come of that, understandably so. And Illyrio is saying that his fellow magisters have doubled the size of the city guard. Oh, and they're having platters of honey duck with orange snap peppers at the manse that had been Drogo's, because as I said before, he unexpectedly actually has a non-Dothraki manse inside the city. Yeah. Now that 
honey duck with orange snap peppers. That sounds like a really nice, maybe Chinese-style dish. What do you think? Yeah, it probably meant to be something like that. But I don't know what the snap peppers are. Uh, in the spicy kind or the mild kind. I'm pe- actually picturing the less spicy kind here. Yep. Um, as much as I generally prefer the crazy hot pepper. It's Dothraki wedding, it's so we know it's going to get wedding. really out of control. And um, I actually did an oversight with the last chapter, and I did not mention Jorah Mormont. Yeah, Jorah is... He's an exile from uh, the Seven Kingdoms, and he actually was from a place called Bear Island, which is in the north, um, not super close to where the Starks live, but in the same region. Um, And he's a slaver. And, yes, the reason why he's an exile is because he was selling poachers to slavers when slavery is at least officially illegal in all of Westeros. Like, if somebody else had caught poachers, what would be correct, you know, punishment would be, you know... they Turn them over. Like, send them to the Night's Watch, or... um, (laughs) Not that this isn't (coughs) brutal also, but maybe lose a hand. Yeah. But slavery itself, at least officially illegal, and um, he fled so Ned Stark wouldn't catch him and execute him for that. To be fair, I'd rather be uh, executed than enslaved anyway, so... And he became uh, attached on to Daenerys's and the Kalasar's party. He did some... Um, work as a sellsword in the um, continent across the narrow sea, Essos. So he's there and um, he's like, oh, oh, better get Princess Daenerys wedded quickly before they hand half the wealth of Pentos away to sellswords and bravos. Um, And he had offered Viserys has sword the night that Danny had been sold to Cal Drogo and Viserys had accepted it. And Mormon had just been there ever since. Um, Joa Mormont. If I I mentioned his last name already, I think. Yes, yeah, did. I did, I did. That's how we know him. And Viserys says, um, Drogo can have her tomorrow if he likes, so long as he pays the price. Yeah. Um, because Viserys wants his army. That's, that's the idea. And, of course, uh, we all know, we all, I think we all know by this point, uh, even though apparently most of the characters still don't, uh, we all know that that's not exactly what's going to happen. And that's also not exactly how the Dothraki work either. Um, They don't actually have a, I pay you this, we give you this. It's more like, we give you this gift and you gotta 
um, good favor, and we might give you a gift back later. We, we might. might let you. We might let you live. So this would be seen to the Dothraki culture and be like, no, Viserys has given his sister as a gift, but that hasn't paid for anything. You know, Drogo might lend his army in his good time, or he might not. And, um, yeah, what Illyrio says about, um, Cal Drogo is, after their wed, he, he's gonna take his procession across the plains and present her to the Dosh Kellyn at Vase Dothrak, which is this big Dothraki get-together next to their sacred lake, and the Dosh Kellyn are basically these widows who... Um, have a bit of a magical or religious function of, you know, predicting stuff and making some of the decisions about what would be good for the Dothraki to do. Actually, one of the few sort of positions of power women have with them, in a way. And then... Jogo might do this if the omens favor war. Yeah. And of course, Viserys uh, does. Is. I piss on Dothraki omens. The usurper sits on my father's throne. How long must I. How long must I wait? Yeah, and he's going around threatening everyone, and Jorah marks on it, and he threatens Jorah. Mind you that Jorah. <laughs> There's no way he could ever enforce any threat on Jorah. Or anyone, anyone, really. Anyone, really. Anyone who he couldn't overpower, and really the only one who could overpower is Daenerys, and if he did that, uh, he would not... Cal Drogo would not be happy. And then they're there, and they're eating their oh. honey duck messily. Oh, Illyrio's eating it messily. And, um, Danny is remembering a a dream that she had um, she'd had that night, and in the dream, Viserys was hitting her, which, you know, is a thing he does, and she falls over, and he's saying, you woke the dragon, you woke the he dragon. He repeated it nonstop, you woke the dragon, he said, over and over and over again. And, um... Daenerys feels blood on herself and she hears a ripping noise and the crackling of a fire and Viserys is gone and there's flame in great columns and there's a dragon in the midst of the flame and it um, turns its head and you see she sees its molten eyes and she wakes up shaking. Yeah, she sees this dragon in her dream. Viserys is no longer there. That, you know, kind of signifies that Viserys is waning. And his power and whatnot is waning. So the wedding ceremony, it begins at dawn, continues until dusk, and there's drinking and feasting and fighting and... um, People die. I'll get to that. And Danny is scared of these people and 
the men and the women are both wearing um, leather vests and no shirt otherwise and horsehair leggings and they got these uh, bronze medallion belts and the warriors um, are greasing their long hair Yep. which is significant <laughs> it's not means, mentioned yet at this point yet it's a very significant Dothraki ritual means they're getting ready and their hair, it's, um, they're supposed to cut the hair if they lose a fight. So the longer the hair the warriors grow, um, the more fights they haven't lost. Yeah. And they're eating, uh, horse meat with honey and peppers. And, oh, I'm not fond of eating horse as a concept, but it is accurate to yep. a totally horse-based culture like this, and um, they're also drinking a drink from Fermenta's mare's milk, which is a thing in real life. Yes, it is. I may be pronouncing it wrong, but um, there's a drink called kumis that's mare's milk, and it's fermented. Are you talking about the Mongolian drink? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Allison would know how to pronounce that, but I think you said it right. But I don't know. No, it, it is a real thing. I don't know how to speak anything like it. And they're having some of Illyrio's wine, and um, Daenerys does not speak any of the language. Viserys is there in his, you know, Targaryen black wool with a red dragon on the chest. Um, it's got his house colors, and... They're Viserys, Jorah, and Illyrio and sitting in the place of honor just below the Cal's blood riders who are they're I'll get more into what they're like later, but they're basically a personal guard to the Cal but Throughout his life. Yes, it's more important than what happens is like the Westerosi King's Guard. Like like well, you know, they're 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 an honor guard that, you know, when the cow dies, they die. Like, they have to get sentenced to death, uh, whether they're all alive or not. And they're, uh, they are allowed, they sometimes will, like, do the same things as the cow, if you know what I mean. And, like, you know, they'll, they'll plunder with him and loot and, uh, yeah, probably, uh, do other things with, uh, alongside the cow, so... And Viserys is just hanging, hanging out, feeling resentful. Well, he's as he he's, does. he's you know yeah he's throwing his little tantrum and nobody's taking him seriously. And I doubt even I doubt even people he's addressing who are on his side or technically his subordinates are taking him seriously at this point. They're probably just like whatever, sure. <laughs> and. Danny is sitting there feeling alone and she's smiling because Viserys told her to but she's got tears in her eyes um, but she's trying to hide it because she knows how angry Viserys would get if he noticed and she's frightened of how the cow might react to it also and they're bringing out even more food meat black sausages Dothraki blood pies yeah. Um, fruit and sweet grass stew, delicate pastries from Pentos, and she's not eating any of it because she's terrified. You yeah, know. She's terrified. She's just watching. 
and the cowl is uh, jesting with his blood riders and barely looking at her. And the cowl speaks a few words of Valyrian from the Free Cities, none of the common tongue. Yeah. So, yeah, they would have barely any language in common at all in the beginning, that's for sure. Later on, more develops with this, sort of. And, yeah, she's she's got a cup of wine, and she's drinking that a little bit, but that, that's all. And she's telling herself, I'm the blood of the dragon. I am Daenerys Stormborn, princess of Dragonstone, of the blood and seed of Aegon the Conqueror. Uh, a theme with her... Oh, right, you may have seen all the memes about how she gets a ton of titles, more and more of them. In the beginning, um, these titles, it's not like she's throwing them around. She's holding on to them as basically her source of courage. She's thinking of her Targaryen ancestors to get through terrifying stuff that she shouldn't have to be dealing with at all. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and women are dancing, and sometimes Drogo would toss out a bronze medallion for the women to fight over. And, um, the women and the warriors are starting to have some, uh, public sex, because the Dothraki do pretty much everything out in the open. And, um... Two warriors get into a fight over one of the women, and um, one of them gets killed. killed. And so that's the thing with Dothraki weddings is people die at those, and it's considered a dull wedding if... Less than four deaths? Less than three. So this isn't your average... Wedding, unless you're Dothraki. Yeah. Um. It's, uh. Well, you just ignore it. It's part of their culture. And Danny's just yeah, watching this, and even though Illyrio had warned her that it would be like this, and the whole thing about less than three deaths is deemed a dull affair. Yeah. And Danny's getting more and more scared to where um, she's actually holding back that um, she could scream. But she can't, you know, show any of this. And she keeps repeating to herself, I am the blood of the dragon. And then uh, some uh, wedding gifts happen, and um, her brother gives her three handmaids, and by handmaids, I mean slaves. Um, not that Danny is free herself to turn this down. Yeah, well, the idea is that it would be unthinkable for her to turn it down. She's well, easy. and she's <coughs> not free herself either. No, she isn't, but the idea is that it's supposed to be her honor. And these three handmaids had actually um, 
were owned by Illyrio and given to Viserys to give to her. And um, one of them, two of them are Dothraki women, and one of them is a woman from um, Lys, Lys, I'm not actually sure how you pronounce this, L-Y-S. Um, they say she's Lysine, so I guess. Yeah. Um, and then the two Dothraki women are Eri and Jiqui, and the Lysine is Doria. And, um, Eri is supposed to teach her horse riding. Um, Jiqui is supposed to teach her the Dothraki language, and Doria is supposed to teach her. Um, womanly love making stuff, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah exactly. Love. Techniques to please her man, which. And Doria had actually before been owned by a brothel. Um, or as they call it, a pleasure house or a pillow house, but it's a brothel. Um, and. Yeah, both Illyrio and um, Viserys had actually been using her, it's mentioned. Yeah. Jorah um, brings a stack of old books, which are a history and song of the Seven Kingdoms written in the common tongue. Now that's a nice gift. Yep. It's something she's supposed to enjoy, which... And Illyrio brings a cedar chest bound in bronze, and when they open it, there are three huge eggs. And Danny thinks those are the most beautiful things she'd ever seen, and they were um, colorful, and they looked like they were crusted with jewels, but that was just the outer you know, coating of the egg, the shell. And... The eggs looked like they were covered with tiny scales, and one egg was deep green with burnished bronze flecks, um, and one was pale cream streaked with gold, and the last one was black with um, scarlet ripples and swirls. And Illyrio says that they are dragon eggs from the Shadowlands beyond a shy, and that the eons have turned them to stone, yet they still burn bright with beauty. So as far as anyone knows, these are fossils. Dead. You know, nothing is going to come from them. They're, you know, would be worth a lot. The, the, as they're, a... they're supposed to be rocks. <laughs> they're supposed to be long dead. They're supposed to... Do we remember how old they are? Do they mention how old they're supposed to be? Because didn't they mention that one? Well, they say eons, but... Uh, I don't know how much this counts as a spoiler. Well, we can just give a very basic timeline of when the last active dragons were. We can just do The that. last active dragons were... A few hundred years ago. So which, they're at least a few hundred years old. Um, there's the, it's not certain that the story about them coming from the Shadowlands is true. Well, yeah, that's... Because... That's a creation myth, so... It likely is not quite that, but there might be... Like, a lot of myths, there might be some sort of truth-like, sort <coughs> of, you know, anthropological accounting of something that really happened... Well, in 
I mean, I don't want to give too much away in case, you know, we start discussing this other book eventually, but another book also by George R. R. Martin has um, a theft of three dragon eggs from somewhere. And, you know, there's also good reason to think that <coughs> that had been the source of these three. <coughs> yep. Which also would make them less old than an egg that has turned to fossil, but it's still pretty implied they're fossilized. I think they're still meant to be understood that way. That idea is that, that they glow slightly, but otherwise they're not alive or <coughs> dead. These are, as far as anyone knows, very beautiful and very valuable rocks. And, um, the Cal's Blood Riders offer her three traditional weapons. Um, Hago, the Blood Rider, gives her a great leather whip with a silver handle. Koholo gives her a magnificent Iraq chased in gold. So this is a curved blade that, you know, when you're riding a horse, you can hit somebody with it. Um, apparently it's not so good if you're fighting somebody with armor. Yeah. Um. And, um, a double curved dragon bone bow taller than she was. And, um, she's supposed to traditionally refuse the offerings and, um, gift them to her husband instead. Um. Mm. This is a gift worthy of a great warrior, warrior, O blood of my blood, and I am but a woman. Let my lord husband bear these in my stead. Um, now, it's the culture, it's... That, that is, uh, definitely a major part in the Thraki culture. Now, I think I might have wanted to keep that dragon bone bow. I mean, realistically, I know this would have an immense draw weight, and... Like, for me to use it, I would have to work out quite a bit. And skinny 13-year-old Daenerys would have to work out a lot more. Um, and I suppose this is not exactly the feminist hill I should... Yeah. But that's a cool bow. Uh, well, yeah. If you're able to use it, it's very cool. And, yeah, I shoot a bow like... that's like a thirty-three pound, which I think that would be about the size of bow you'd use for, like, if you were going to hunt rabbits. I've never shot it at anything alive, and I don't intend to. But yeah, this would be. You'd have to be very strong to work that one that Daenerys just received and uh, gifted on. Yeah, that would be... Uh, more gifts, Dothraki slippers and jewels and silver rings and belts and clothing and... Um, interestingly, a gown made from the skin of a thousand mice. Which is um, very lucky, apparently. Except for the mouse, except for the mice, I guess. Um, 
and Jogo gives his bride gift to her, and he brings out a young uh, filly with silver hair. I don't know whether this means like a gray horse or um, there actually is a breed of horse called an Acoltique that some of them actually have a real silver sheen. Some of them have golden or coppery. Yeah, um, could be that. So it's possible. They did not find a horse that they interpreted as actually silver for the show, so they used a light gray one. And uh, this horse is beautiful and um, actually the first description says gray is the winter sea with a mane like silver smoke so I think that's your answer and um, Magister Illyrio translates what Cal Drogo says in Dothraki silver for the silver of your hair the Cal says and um Danny murmurs that she's beautiful, and Illyrio says she is the pride of the Kalisar, and custom decrees that the Khaleesi must ride a mount worthy of her place by the side of the Cal. And Drogo she has to get the best. Um, lifts her up as easily as if she were a child, because she is one, and s- sets her in the saddle. And Daenerys actually had very little experience riding a horse. And... But she did it. No, it's not easy to realistically go from you've ridden a horse at a walk to stuff right. beyond that. Yep. Um, anytime I get on a horse and it starts trotting, I start getting anxious and feeling like I'm gonna get chastled out of the saddle, so... Um, and it's kind of implied that that's about Daenerys's riding experience level two. But no, she gets on the horse and right away for the first time in hours, she's not afraid. And she's riding that horse faster and faster and she um, jumps the horse over a fire pit. So that's uh, probably the least realistic thing to show up in this book since the White Walkers. Yeah, but it's meant to be uh, sort of a... This is a... played off as her destiny sort of thing. And a personal courage for her, and she has a close bond with this horse and rides everywhere on her. And... Um, she says to Illyrio to tell Cal Drogo that he has given me the wind. And um, Illyrio translate this to Drogo and Drogo actually smiles for the first time. Yeah. And uh, he has his own horse brought out, a uh, red stallion. So I'm thinking uh, a blood bay in horse people talk. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. Well, and horses have like all their own 
names for different colors. It's like, oh, they're not just brown. I mean, there's a color that's just brown, but there's chestnut, there's bay, there's ch liver chestnut, there's blood bay, all that. Um, and at this point, Viserys comes close to Danny and um, grabs her leg and says to please him, sweet sister, or I swear you will see the dragon wake as it has never woken before. And so she's feeling afraid again he's for the obvious reason. Yeah, he's, she's being threatened by her brother again. So, then what comes next is... Um, they go out into... Away from the rest of the Kalasar, they find a place by the water, and I'm actually not going to read off any of this, but um, they do some quite graphically described foreplay, which is gentle. And the cow keeps saying no to her in the that's common tongue. That's his only word in the common tongue. Yeah, and that and, seems to be all he knows. And he's, like, showing her, like, unbraiding his hair, which I guess is a big deal. Um, yeah, and... And he's using no as if it's a question, and finally she initiates it going further and says yes. I, I wonder... Well, yeah, there's a few things here. This... <laughs> One of the things I wonder... I Here's a dark thought. I wonder if he only knows no because that's all that was ever said to him, really, in the common tongue that he hears the most. Yeah. People screaming, no, no. Then again, also... Like, you know, there's again, there's know various him. foreign languages that I don't know it. much of, and yeah, and I know yes, I know and yes no. and no. Yeah. So it could be. He probably knows no to an extent, but who knows? I don't know what George was trying to prove there, one way or the other. But yeah, she then initiates the rest, and that's one of those things where we have to sort of take that a step back and point out the fact that this is a. 14-year-old girl... 13. 13? Okay, I'm sorry. I can't keep you up. 30-year-old guy. So this is not what you would call something that uh, could be ethically consented to in, you know, our modern understanding. Of course, George R. R. Martin is trying to write sort of a medievalish type fantasy world where uh, this sort of thing happens. And... The idea is that it was going to happen one way or the other, and they, he's trying to make it, I guess, more palatable, but that's one of those things, is I'm not a, It's know, one of those things where I'm kind of like... How if, does that make you feel as a woman, you could say? Well, I feel like either make Danny older or describe her body and sexuality less. Okay, there you go. That's, that's certainly a, uh, a valid thing. I honestly don't know... I probably would be very discreet about that sort of thing if I wrote it, but I'm not a good writer, really. So, <clears throat> I mean, I'm a writer that is intelligible, and that's the best I can say about myself. Uh, I think Danny tried to put as, as brave a face on it as she could, but, you know, she well, was still 13 and but forced it, into the marriage by her brother. But it's and, written as her being aroused. They describe her as being aroused. That being said, yeah, you can't really 
There's no way that a as I as I mentioned a <coughs> a young uh, preteen really or early teen can consent. It's le- like ethically her her verbal consent may not have. I'm talking about that, that legally. I'm talking ethically. There's no way that can ethically happen. So it is what would be classified as rape today, no matter what. Um, you could sort of, I guess, imagine it going one way or the other with that. I mean, there's no way, even with... <coughs> I mean, you could argue, even if she was of age with the power imbalance, the fact that she's basically queen by hostage, you could argue that... I don't no think consent. that her verbal consent meant as much as, you know, it may sound. I know some readers don't see it that way. Some readers do see it as consensual. Well, they're, they're, trying, they're trying to make it, again, not only more palatable, but make it, like, feasible that, you know, she is with him. And, uh, this is where we go into, like, the other... Sir, you see, It's you quite wanted... an uncomfortable scene to me. Okay. And, well... um, controversially in the show, played by, um, definitely of age, Amelia Clark, it is changed to... Basically, a straight up rape. Well, There's he no just saying yes. Takes her. He takes her, and she looks like she's crying. Yeah. And um. Now there was another scene apparently. There was um. That I didn't know about this, but Sarah did. There was a pilot show. episode which wasn't aired, and of course I haven't seen it. Um, that had a different um, actress cast as Daenerys, um, Tamsin Merchant, and apparently. This scene was shown a lot more consensual looking. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess closer to how it was in the book, but with a grown woman actress. And George R. R. Martin has um, criticized the change to how it was shown with Amelia Clark. Yeah, he apparently didn't like it as a. Uh... Rapey? Is that the best way I can put it, unfortunately? Anyway. Well, he described the originally filmed scene as a seduction. Yeah. Now, this is sometimes treated as he said that about this scene in the book. Now, I wasn't able to track (laughs) down any quotes to what he had to say about the book. Um, But when I finally found a full version of the quote it was pretty clear he was talking about the pilot because he was talking about how the horse in the background was behaving so and since nothing the horses are doing comes up in the book while this is it's not the book yep and this is not the only marriage of 13-year-old that is shown in this series. It keeps happening. Um, now, I haven't done a whole lot of research on how young in actual medieval days it... The little bit of research I've done makes it sound like teenagers did get married that young, but they were... No, I mean, not that young. Teenagers got married... Like, in their older teens, but that young would still be considered unusual, even... <laughs> 13 and would be a bit unusual. That being said... It's also a thing and that has happened in history, still happens. Some, some notably, a few Even has happened, you know, in the USA. 
Okay, well, that's different. That's, like, a whole different... I mean, it's a thing that happens. It's not too common, but it's a thing that happens. There's some infamous cases of it happening in history, and that's clearly what George R. R. Martin was meant to be playing off of. By the way, there is an, there is an illustration also of Cal Drogo with Daenerys. Another illustration, and, and she looks like she's, like, 25. And he, he looks like he's, uh... He looks like he'd be an extra on the set of Hercules, The Legendary Journeys or something. He's but... got a long braid full of uh, <laughs> jingle but, bells. and. But he looks at least a little closer to what I imagined, what the uh, description sounded like to me. Which, like He doesn't I said, look like Jason Momoa. Yeah, he doesn't look like Jason Momoa. The way he's describing the book didn't seem, seem to me initially to be more like Hulk Hogan than Jason Momoa. Which, you know, he's thing. got himself a beaded mustache. And uh, Daenerys is holding a dragon egg that, if anything, looks kind of purpley. Well, I think that's the idea is that it's glowing or something. So. so, that's the end of the chapter. It's a controversial chapter for obvious reasons. Yeah, it's gonna be. Um... I mean, anything like that that depicts that sort of thing. But the idea is that Daenerys is now... <laughs> she's now, even though she uh, was subjected to this uh, this painful encounter, she was uh, she now becomes the Khaleesi. So... And this is the... the beginning of her story to... Starting from being, you know, homeless and moving from place to place with her brother to starting to get some power of her own, um, first as a Khaleesi, um, which still isn't as powerful as it may sound at first because women are not treated anywhere near equal in Dothraki and frankly not with a lot of the other cultures in this series either. You have anything more to say here? Oh, just that uh, that's one of those chapters, I mean, that's gonna it's going to depend on how you view that sort of thing. It's going to depend on how you feel about George R. R. Martin. And just uh, also, you know, your your mileage may vary, but that's kind of how it is in this throughout this entire book. There's lots of, uh, lots of uh, stuff that may be hard to read. Um, that's also one of those things, you know, who you are is gonna depend like is going to depend on your viewpoint in general. So anyway. It's uh is the next chapter what is the next chapter? The next chapter of John Snow, right? I don't think it's John. Uh, I closed the book. I'm going to find out find it. I'll find it. It is Eddard. Eddard Oh, and it's got a nice picture of uh, Jamie Lannister just sitting in her rather ugly-looking Iron Throne. Yeah. I don't picture it looking like that at all. 
So there you have it. And we'll be covering more Game of Thrones. And we'll still be uh, doing Lord of the Rings, more Red Wall. Got another cookbook to review. Yes, we do. Thank you to listening to. Thank you for listening to Cast Into the Fire podcast. Have a good evening. Bye.